You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Monday, October 23rd, episode 3290, brought to you today by Worm Flooring. Good morning, horse people. You have found Horses in the Morning on a Monday. You're in for an amazing horsey week of laughter, learning, and fun. With Glenn and Jamie. That's right. You are here on a Monday morning. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a fun show planned for you today. Fry's Insurance is going to tell us everything we need to know about farm insurance and how it differs from a homeowner's policy. Uh, we're going to do another round of study show. We have some equestrian first world problems. Uh, and uh, I'll talk about my weekend camping at the new property. And Jamie did some stuff over the weekend that's fun. So we're gonna we're just going to have a fun old program now. In the Auditor Post Show, you guys always like to hear the behind-the-scenes stuff. We're actually going to be recording the Radiothon promo that will go out to a bunch of the podcast feeds. And you're going to hear how we mess up trying to do these <laughs> things. We and Because the Radiothon promo is scripted, and Jamie, not, well, I'm not so good at scripted. Jamie's fine. But uh, <laughs> I mess up often. So that's going to be awesome. the post show, is hearing us do our thing. I think it's the only way to make it not painful to to have you it recorded and be able to laugh at you yes. try to pronounce words. Yes. And Lots I wrote the words, words, which is the worst part. Hey, um, the Maryland Five Star closed out this weekend, and it was an amazing weekend. I, I I can't read this and not get emotional because Ireland's Austin O'Connor uh, came in. I think he was sitting in like fifth, and he had the first double clear with his horse, Colorado Blue, who, by the way, do you know what his bar name is? No. Salty. <laughs> it's a, it's a it's white horse named an Irish the horse. white horse named Salty. <laughs> Love it, and uh, he ended up winning, and it was fantastic. Austin and Salty jumped a clear round, finished in the time allowed of seventy-seven seconds, and was the first Irish rider on the the podium uh, to to win in like fifty something years. It was amazing, and it was really cool to see that. And it, he was he, the first Irish rider to win a five star since sixty five. I know. It's awesome. And then William Fox Pitt ended up in second. And reading some of the interviews from him, it's interesting because, like, we hold these riders in such high regard. I mean, William Fox Pitt is amazing. And then you read the interviews, and he is so insecure. It just seems like he's so insecure. I guess Saturday morning he was like, why do I do this? I can't believe I'm going to do this. I, he wants to retire before everybody thinks he's terrible. Like, and he, he's amazing. <laughs> William Fox Pitt is having imposter syndrome. He's like number one in the world. Exactly. <laughs> and he's like, I just don't want people to say that guy used to be good and now he's terrible. He should give it up. And then he's like, I don't know why I do this. And then the, the, the party Saturday night, he's like, this is why we 
we do this? <laughs> Pre cross country versus post cross country. This is how you feel. And Apparently, just, cross you know, country was wicked. It's a big cross country. Oh my god! I watched the course builder, not the designer, but the course builder walk around, and I was like, I can't watch that. That's terrible. Like it was so <laughs> terrifying just seeing the guy describe the things. Oh, my God, it was terrifying. But we're going to hear from some people that actually went in our equestrian first world problems. But congratulations to Austin O'Connor. And he who shall not be named did not win. And it makes me very happy. (laughs) And you know what? The first U.S. pair was Hannah Sue Holberg on Capital Cheeto is the barn name, and she Great jumped name. clear with just one second of time. She moved up to into fourth after starting the weekend in tenth. So, I think David O'Connor, she was really nervous about show jumping, and David O'Connor was like, what's the worst that can happen? You end up 14th. And she was like, <laughs> that was the boost I needed. <laughs> that was the amazing part, is only like 14 finished out of the 40. Uh-huh, yeah. And that so he's crazy. like, yeah, I mean, you come in 14th. Who cares? Like, what a big deal. And so she went out there, just jumped around. It was great. <laughs> and that was her first five-star completion on Cheeto, too. So good for her. But it must have been a tough weekend for that many to have been pulled or dropped out or uh, eliminated. That course was terrifying. Like I said, I couldn't even watch it because I was like, watching the guy walk it, I was like, horses can't do that. What you're at, like, that's not real. And then... By God, some got around. It's amazing. Well, and then the show jumping with like only a couple double clears in the whole show jumping. Yeah, it was amazing. Really, really tough courses. So congratulations to everybody that even made it there. Well, believe it or not, I have no auditor birthdays uh, today or tomorrow. So yes, there was. There was some birthdays. Who? Who? Oh, yes. The- New birthdays. <laughs> I see. Good transition God, there, Jamie. Come on. <laughs> Uh, so we have some brand new auditors is what we have. Congratulations to Auditor Alexandra on the birth of her first baby. Is it Lanier Amy? And guess what? Her nurse was an inventor. So. Oh, God, <laughs> but uh, apparently it was a long labor and uh, she said it wasn't much fun. I was chatting with her this morning, but she's the one that we stopped at first. She's in Georgia. She's the we, one that we, we stopped we at first on radio. watermelon out of your body wasn't mm. fun. That apparently, wasn't any fun. That's weird. Apparently it was 20 hours of not fun for <laughs> Alexandra. So congratulations to her, her husband, and the entire family. Uh, they have a very cute baby. Also, Laura Berry, who you all will know if you've been around a while, she does the opening songs every year for Radiothon and said she might have time to do one again this year. Uh, but she had a baby, Owen Jonathan. Congratulations to her. And uh, we wish her the best another cute one so we have two new auditors in the family and nice see birthdays write those down that's right I'm in a fantastic mood this morning because I'm still laughing about the comedy show that I went to see last night. Nate Bargazi, who is a comedian who has just with with TikTok and Facebook reels and Netflix specials has just blown up and this guy he's he talks about he's like almost 45 years old and he is just uh, like he's he's just perfect for my he's like wheelhouse for me about life he taught the show was so funny glenn there were six of us and we were cr- like we were crying it was <laughs> a, he did an hour set 
And, you know, usually like in a comedy show, there's like the beginning's funny and then the middle, they kind of cover stuff. And then the end you die. Like I laughed hysterically the whole time, the whole time. And I realized how much other people laughed around me when all you can hear is like one guy behind me was like snorting every time he was like, his laugh was a snort and somebody else was like, <laughs> and then another guy like kept repeating the punchlines. Do you hear what he said? He said this, and I, it reaffirmed that I don't like being in crowds of people, but it also affirmed that this is probably the funniest comedy yeah, show I've ever I gotta seen. Be, at, when you're with, you can watch them on Netflix, right? But when you're in a group that everybody's laughing, I do think it's better. Oh my God. It was so like start to finish. There was not one joke that he said that wasn't absolutely gut busting. Like it was I so need to funny. Watch him. I haven't watched him before. Oh, what it's was the Nate, name again? Nate Bargazy, B A R G A T Z E. And he talks about how to pronounce his name. And he's like, I don't even think my family says it right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so Nate Bargazzi, Bargazzi, uh, he filled up the entire basket. It was a Paycom arena. The entire basketball arena was full of people. And the tickets weren't ridiculous. Like, our, I mean, we had, you know, we were watching him on the screen, basically. He was a tiny peanut. But I mean, our tickets were 35 bucks. So That's it's not cheap for anything now. Anything <laughs> for any shows. And so it was really cool to be, I did not have like price gouging. The arena was huge. And I walked in and like, it's, you know, you're in line to get in and everybody walked in. I was like, oh my God, I have never seen this many white people in one place <laughs> in my entire life. And they were all like my age. And, and he doesn't cuss. The opening acts didn't cuss. There's no oh, politics. No F words no, through the whole nothing thing? Nothing dirty. No, he is the cleanest comedian. And is just so funny. And, and no politics? Here, no politics. No well, nothing. Just which is why he's filling a stadium, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And he talks I like I've heard interviews with him and he's like everybody else, like smarter people than me have things to say about that. And I'm I'm from the tiny town in Tennessee. I don't know anything about anything. Yeah, so. re- he, the same reason we don't do politics. Exactly. <laughs> smarter people are already talking about it. So we don't have to. <laughs> so but it was it was so funny. So if you can see him, go go look at him on um Facebook Reels or his Instagram. And and it's so funny because he did like the first opener guy was hysterical. Then he, they, he brought out like two local Oklahoma comedians to do their set. And I mean, really? I guarantee you these guys have never performed in front of this many people ever. And the one guy was like, I have a show coming up and November 4th, and it would be great if some of you would come, not all of you, you won't fit. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. It was just so funny start to finish. And, and it was just like, what a great show. Oh my God. Best comedy show. And like I said, I've seen Jerry Seinfeld and I've seen Chris rock and I've seen all these people and nowhere near that big of a stadium. I mean, I, I saw them in like a theater and, and 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 there's funny parts to all of them. Oh my god, this was funny start to finish. All of it, all six of us were like, this is the funniest comedy show we've ever been to. And he just talks about normal stuff. It's just the way he's. I don't know. I don't know. The only other person I've seen fill stadiums like that is somebody you don't like, and uh, we've seen him several times. And he's filled the stadiums every place we've oh, ever gone. That is Jeff the Dunham. worst comedian? They had posters advertising his next show, and yeah, I was he'll like, fill Jeff that stadium. Tanner, like, I guarantee you, he still like, sells out. Go. God, he's, he's so terrible. He still makes more money than any other comedian. Oh, God, he's awful. <laughs> I love Jeff Dunham. 
All right, oh, Radiothon details coming up. Jamie and I are going to record our pr- promo for Radiothon like we do all the other years we've done it. And uh, I'm happy to announce that the website is now up. Uh, go to horseradionetwork.com slash Radiothon, and you can see the details on how to enter to win the prizes, also to get your songs and poems and everything together. You'll learn more about that. Look at this podcast feed over the next day. You're going to see the special promotion pop in, and we'll give you all the details. I don't want to repeat it because you'll hear it twice then. But we'll give you all the details. There is going to be something special like we always do for auditors. There's going to be something special that we do for you guys to get you extra entries. So if you want to become an auditor, go to horsesinthemorning.com and click on the auditor banner. Um, And so just look for that. It's horseradionetwork.com slash radiothon. And we'll have all the details for you in the next day or so on a special, a special episode that we're doing for you. So this weekend, Jennifer and I took the Living Quarters horse trailer out to over two acres ranch. And for new listeners, we bought about five acres on the other side of Ocala, kind of out in the country near what's called the Gothi Forest, which has 100 miles of trails. It's incredible. That's the place we saw the Black Panther and the bears. Um And we now have the property in two months. I, we couldn't believe how much has transformed. So it was completely wooded. You couldn't walk through it. It was so wooded and overgrown and just you couldn't walk through that five acres. Well, now the it's completely cleared, left a lot of trees, though, uh, and perimeter fence through the whole thing with the straightest lines of fencing, Jamie, I have ever seen in my life. Uh, we put up the no climb fencing and the wood posts and everything. These are the straightest lines. There's no way in hell in a thousand years I could have got them that straight. When you hire professionals, it really does make a difference. Yeah. Tell me, ask me how I know. My husband's done most of fencing here. And <laughs> is I it appreciate straight it. as an arrow? It's, I mean, what <laughs> you don't kind have of to arrow answer that. are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> so we went out there. It was our first time going out over the weekend. Now, we have no facilities. There's no electric, no water. So we have to bring everything along. And uh, our goal this weekend, one, was to camp there. It's the largest camping site we've ever had. And the grasses must be six inches tall already. In two weeks, it's grown about six inches. I got to mow it soon. It's so tall. So that's nice that we're developing some some grass there. But we it was beautiful. We had a great weekend. It was absolutely beautiful weekend weather-wise. The heat has finally left Florida. And we were in the 50s at night, actually. Um and, you know, we figured it out, and the caper held up well and everything. And then we one of the goals this weekend was to put up a shelter logic. Do you know what a shelter logic is? Is that like a, a deer blind? No. This is a metal <laughs> frame shelter that has cloth over the top. You've seen them. I know you've seen them. But it's completely metal framed, and it's large enough that we can park our tractor in it and some of the equipment for building projects. So we needed some place that was covered and out of the weather to leave stuff there for building when— when we get all the building done. So we built this thing and it comes in 50 million pieces and it comes with Ikea like directions, which is all oh. pictures and no writing. Oh I, I feel like they do that to save money on printing 50 different versions for French and English and German. I mean, the main question is, are you divorced? Like, almost, cause... almost. <laughs> so the one thing to start with, and this drives me crazy, and I read about this, and I, I read about this in the reviews before I bought it. And Shelter Logic is like the top quality of these you can get. And one of the complaints was there's like hundreds of bolts and nuts, and there's three different size bolts, and they're all just really close to each other. And guess what they do? They ship them all in the same bag. 
So I spent two hours sorting bolts to different sizes before we could do anything else. It's like you had to take these out of bins and put them in the bag to count them anyway. Why not put them in three different bags? That one thing that just drives you absolutely crazy. And they probably save 10 cents. That's why they do that. But so there was that. And then there's 100 rods and you have to sort all those and everything. It was, and then the Ikea directions. I finally resorted to just watching YouTube for every step of the way because I could not. I couldn't. That's I just how couldn't. we do everything on our farm. <laughs> just There's got to be a YouTube video for it. And there were 10, and I don't know why stupid me didn't think to watch YouTube in the first place before we had to take it all apart after we put it together. But it's there. It's built now after a day and a half of uh, swearing and things. <laughs> Sheltered logic's there. And then uh, first night was absolutely beautiful quiet as could be, you know, just it's out in the country. So it's quiet. We're used to living in like a neighborhood now, Uh, except for the second night. And this is my second gripe about most neighborhoods. And you probably have them in your area too. Barking dogs. So the first night, there were no barking dogs that we could hear. The second night, it was just barking dogs all night. And you could tell it was the same dog and then occasionally other dogs. I want to know, and it was off in a distance, but enough to just be annoying all night long. And there's, I can sleep through a generator running and all kinds of stuff, but for some reason, I can't sleep to barking dogs. It drives me insane. And oh, then I'm annoying. thinking, those barking dogs live somewhere. Buy a house. Do they not notice the dogs barking all night? So we have neighbors that also have barking dogs. And when we were thinking about where to put our house, we were like, nope, can't put it on that corner because those barking dogs will make me crazy. But they why just don't bark. they make and the owner crazy? I mean, I'm like, can you not hear that? <laughs> I know. That's my question. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and everybody has them, right? If you live out in the country, there's there's that guy that has the barking dogs. And it's usually hound dogs of some kind. Uh, uh, but no, my hound dogs bark once and we're like, get them in because it annoys us just as much as we think it could annoy anybody that hears it. It's just rude. To, and it's probably fairly cruel, too, because they're barking for a reason. Yeah, and oh, I, I think these are probably hunting dogs that live outside. But why didn't we hear them one night and then the next night? You know, I don't know. Maybe they saved your life from a black panther. (laughs) Could be. It's a pet peeve, though. It is definitely a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, that sucks. So we did have a good weekend. This weekend, we're bringing the horses back. We put up electric fence, and so it's going to be the horses field trip. And they're ready for one. We can tell they're ready. to. They like adventures, and they're ready to go on adventures. So this weekend, the horses come along. Nice. Nice. How about you? Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, it's just irrationally cold a warm here like it was so beautiful it was like cloudy partly cloudy and like 80 degrees all weekend and i just spent the weekend riding horses i rode ace and miles and my friend brooke came out we just just riding all weekend i got a couple new uh horses from horse and hound a couple mares that are really fun and so that's a lot of it was just just horses, horses. And so at one point I'm on the trail, you you asked me how farm boy was doing and I haven't told the story about him in a while. And for those who don't know who farm boy is, he's my 21 year old cowboy assistant who goes to college at OU and pops out every now and then. And he is not a wordy guy. Like, could you agree with that? Yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah. He doesn't say much. But when he does say something, I listen because he's somebody that you're I, like, I write things down that he says all the time. 
and I wrote this down. So we're on, on the trail and I'm like, I need to get a video of this thoroughbred. So I got behind him and I was like, just take a video. So he did like one of these selfie videos where he turned the camera around. He was in front of me and he held it up in front and filmed what was going on, you know, behind him. And it was probably, you know, 30, 45 seconds of us walking. And I'm just like, hey, this is this horse and it's available for adoption. It's this old. You know, I do like a little promo video for the horse. Right. And then we get done and he put his arm down and he's again, we're riding through the woods. And he's just like, oh, I'm like, well, what's going on? You OK? And he was like, man, I don't know how them YouTubers do it. I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> You literally took a 30 second video over your shoulder. He's like, I'm exhausted. It's just too much, you know, just too much, just too much for him. Bless his heart. But he also was able to help. He's a cowboy's cowboy. That kid. (laughs) I don't know how them YouTubers do it. I'm exhausted. (laughs) Thanks, man. (laughs) Thanks for working so hard. Uh, But he also helped me with something because of course it's like Sunday night. And uh, this happened last day. I didn't want to talk about it until I knew that we were potentially going to be okay. And I'll tell you what happened. So you remember I told you a story about Maverick, my little buckskin, like lacerating his face and all that. I had to call the vet out and it was like $700, like stitch it up. And like, I mean, how is that by the way? I pulled the stitches yesterday. It's great. And again, faces heal very well because there's a, serious blood supply but here's what happens is they also cut themselves there's a serious blood supply so (laughs) pharaoh my three-year-old uh american pharaoh baby came up to the barn on sunday sunday at five okay i get bring him up do their evening feeding i'm like oh my god his face is covered in blood so from about horses doing I don't know. There's like, it's a field. It's a field. And I have a hay feeder that is like, your perfectly. Fence is safe. I, I mean, I, 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 I don't get I, it. They won't tell me what they're doing, <laughs> but it's really annoying. So he comes up and he's got a laceration kind of like between his eyes and then down and off to the side. So like, kind of like on the side of his nose, what colors Pharaoh? He's chestnut. Oh, okay. And when they're chestnut and you can still see all the blood, yeah, yeah. that's a problem. I was thinking the gray would have been a mess. Yeah, no. So he comes in and he's got blood everywhere. And there's a laceration like an inch long on his face. And I'm like, oh, my God, that needs stitches. Oh, this is going to suck. I'm like, I can't not. I just like I can't not spend money on a vet bill like every week. So I call my vet. Oh, and Sunday night's triple time. (laughs) Sunday night at five. And my vet is very, like, Catholic goes to church. You know, I'm sure she's in church, and I'm trying to call her to get her out of church. I get no answer. And I'd send her a text with pictures. No response. Like, well, you can't just sick of you. (laughs) You can't just let this sit. And I know she's, like, on her knees in the Catholic church right now praying to Jesus. I would leave her alone. (laughs) So she doesn't call me back. For a while, and I'm like, I got to do something about this. And so Farm Boy and I discuss what we can do. Needle and thread? 
I don't have that (laughs) because you need lidocaine for that because it's on his face. I do have a tranquilizer. I've got some sedative. So I was like, all right. Butterfly bandage. (laughs) Here's what what I'm going to do, Glenn. Wrap his whole nose. Farm boy, you stand here and hold him. I'm going to run up to CVS, which is like a good 10 minute drive. So I get in the car, I zip to CVS and I go to their like wound care aisle. And I was like, all right, what do I get? I'm like, okay, she just did this on the face. What did she do? She scrubbed it. So I got some like four by four gauze and some scrub. And I was like, and then she, she like injected with lidocaine and stitched it up and I'll have a lidocaine and I don't have sutures. And I I don't know how to do that. I can't sew a button on, you know, like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Well, I'll just get me some super glue. (laughs) Well, so I can't be much different than they actually use. They do use glue. Yeah, so I come back and I've got some four by four gauze <laughs> and some beta dye things and like scrub. What could possibly go wrong? So I'm like, all right. So I sedate him and and he actually was it's not quite near the brain or good. anything. No, it's called <laughs> it's a good blood supply, right? So I start scrubbing. I'm scrubbing. I'm scrubbing. I'm scrubbing. And I've got gloves on. I bought some gloves too. Got some gloves on. I look like a dang doctor, you know. And I was just telling farm boy the whole time. I'm like, by the way. I am not qualified to do this. <laughs> like, don't do this. Like when I bought Maverick, I was like, come watch me buy a horse. And then I'm like, just put the horse in the trailer. Shut up. I'm like, don't do what I'm doing right now. This is not good. So I get the whole thing scrubbed and I rinse it. I've like go rinse, 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 rinse. And I mean, it's not sterile. My gloves aren't sterile. Like, I don't, it, there's nothing sterile about this at all. And I'm like, all right. So I pinched it together and like the margins went together really well. And so I pinched it together, squeezed it together and just like covered the top of it almost all the way to the bottom with a giant, like an entire tube of super glue. <laughs> and I left a little bit of your fingers this morning. <laughs> just in case. Well, I had the gloves on, oh, thank okay. God. And and just a little hold bottom case, like it needs to drain or something. I don't I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm certainly no super glue master. I'm not crafty at all. Like none of this is okay. And I'm I super glue and I pinch it together for like a minute and a half and I let go and it stays. And again, remember, this was last weekend because uh, I wasn't going to tell you about it. Unless <laughs> it's get the horse's it face went, well, blew up with infection. Exactly. And I was like, we're just going to keep I'm like, we're going to bury this horse in antibiotics. <laughs> we're just going to drown him in antibiotics. And so a whole week has gone by. Now, I haven't been out there this morning, but so far, I think I might have done it. It held? And it's held. And his face and so- hasn't blown up to the size of a basketball? I mean, I'm giving this horse some antibiotics, Glenn. Like, I was like, I'm going to treat this from the inside out. <laughs> Did the vet ever call you back? Glenn, <coughs> finish. I let it go. It holds. And my phone rings. Did you tell <laughs> like, her what you did? I did. And what'd she say? She's like, she's like, hey, um... How's it going? I saw that what appears to be a facial laceration. She's so serious. I saw what appears to be a facial laceration. And I was like, oh, you should have called me about 10 minutes ago. She's like, her response is, what did you do? (laughs) Well, I said, I channeled my inner redneck and I put it, I scrubbed, I went to CVS and scrubbed to get all the stuff, super glued it, left a little bit at the bottom in case needs drained of that super glue. And she was like, well, it has a good blood supply. Just, yeah. Okay. All right. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> she 
she's convinced she was going to get a call two days later. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's so... But anyway, uh, can I, wait, can I do the disclaimer now? Uh, we don't recommend that anybody do anything that Jamie just mentioned. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. I had no choice. I was like, I don't know what to do. I think Farm Boy suggested the super glue, by the way. So it's really Well, they do fault. use glue when you get sutures at a hospital, what, you know, I, for Lucas a surgery. had his eyebrow glued back together. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sure it was... I'm you sure know, it's, it's probably made in the same factory as the medical grade stuff. It's CVS brand. What could possibly <laughs> go wrong? It was like a dollar or two. They only I filed saved... bankruptcy last year or last week, you know. I saved so much money, Glenn. It was like it was free, okay? Like a whole thing. It yeah, worked. So don't, don't, I hopefully knock on wood. It's still good. But um, yeah, don't. I, I This is another lesson for Farm Boy. I was like, please, when you see me do stupid <laughs> stuff like this, don't do it. Just don't do it. Like what I do, don't do. <laughs> Hell of a mentor you are. I am great. I am great. <laughs> now, the one thing you don't want to do yourself is put in rubber flooring on your trailer. Oh, my now, God. Now, leave that to the experts. Worm Flooring Systems is the one that you used for your trailer. That's how we found out about them. Uh, and it's kind of like a replacement for a rubber mat, right? It's not even a replacement for rubber mat. It's a replacement, an addition to your floor, I guess I should say, because they don't come out. They don't move. They literally take this and like pour it into your floor and trowel it on to your floor. And and my trailer floor was aluminum and it always made me nervous that uh, they were going to step through the aluminum and you were supposed to take the mats out and rinse it <laughs> every time. we haven't time. done in ours at all. <laughs> no, I mean, but like you should, I guess. Yeah, you're I'm, supposed to hose it out like every time you, they pee in it, but who does that? Yes, I can't. I'm, I'm not uh, human enough to do that. So uh, it just made a lot of sense for us to do this uh, and it is awesome. I am, I'm so thrilled. Actually, I went to a dressage clinic. I talked about this last weekend where I got there and everybody was like, we want to see your floor. <laughs> so, moved everything off to the side showed him all the worm floor it's so cool it's it's such a it's just a relief you know it's just and, and i mean it was like not ridiculously priced like i just got quotes for putting like squishy floor mats into my stalls and i'm like i'm like what wait oh they're what? expensive now oh my god yeah. I was like, no, that's not like that's the price of my barn. And this was like, oh, that's it. Okay, cool. I think my whole trailer is like fourteen hundred bucks to do the whole thing. And it'll last never forever. Have to deal. Yeah, and it'll last forever and have to deal with rubber mats again. Like, awesome. I think there's a two year warranty on it, so I'm really, really happy with it. And, and they I would do do it actually. They they'll do it in barns too, on a concrete floor or things yeah, like aisleways, like, stuff like they have that. Have it in a lot of like clinic scenarios where you need kind of a softer floor for the horses to walk on and it's shock absorbing too so when you're driving it's not so vibration like vibratory i guess on your horse's feet so and just the fact that i don't have to move rubber mats i did have Um, a there was a question in the auditor room about putting it on a wooden floor on your trailer and uh i got an answer uh from worm flooring about that and that yes they can do it on a wooden floor they recommend that it be a you know your wooden floor can't be rotten to begin with. So <laughs> so if you have a good wooden floor in there, uh, they will put it on the top, and it does help protect the moisture getting in from the top. Now, it won't stop, obviously, moisture from the road getting in from the bottom. And eventually, your boards may wear out, but they won't wear out as quickly because you also don't have the acidic uh, urine coming in from the top. 
So, yes, they do put it on wooden floors, and it makes sense for wooden floors also, because you still have the trailer and have to clean under it, or the boards will rot. You know, so uh, so both ways, it's a, it's a good thing to do. It's wormflooring.com, W-E-R-M flooring.com. Which stands for, and, and it sounds weird to be like, worm flooring. It's W-E-R-M, which stands for re, We Eliminate Rubber Mats, and they have dealers all over the country. There you go. All right, next up. Before we get to our insurance segment, I found uh, I was doing study show and I came across this one. I had to read it. So I, it was a study of the world's 10 favorite and most popular animals. So these Ooh. people rated uh, what their most popular animals were. And this can be wild kingdom to animals in your house. So it's not just pets. Do I get to guess? Yes. Uh, so I have the 10 here and, and uh, some are obvious, some maybe not. All right, so I'm going to go with dog. Number one. Ding, ding, ding. Dogs were number one. I think somewhere around number eight would be cats. <laughs> Wrong. Number two, cats. Ding, oh. ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> you just want them uh, to be number eight. <laughs> uh, again, love cats. Highly allergic. Okay. Uh, cats, dogs. Uh, I would go with, you know, I was just in a, a kid's birthday party and their whole house was done in like giraffe motif. So I'm going to go with giraffe. Not on the list. Dolphin? Not on the list. So dog, cat. Okay. Horses, so obviously. Horses, number, number four. Ding, ding, ding. So you got number one dog, number two cats, and number four horses. Number three is something you also have a lot of. Chickens. Chickens is number three. Even because I think chickens just blew up and became this thing. And everybody has chickens. And all we could hear out at the farm over the weekend, which I actually like, is roosters and chickens. So everybody has chickens now. So um chicken. You have you have uh, number five also. Ducks. Nope. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you know, they count birds. So birds is number seven. So, I don't have the parakeets anymore, Glenn. Oh, okay. So we'll give you birds anyway, because they're ducks are birds. Okay. Um, you also have number five in your house. In my house? Or did. I'm not sure if you do anymore. Did you uh, guinea pigs? <laughs> no, they're not on the list. Fish. I have them in my house. I don't have fish in my you house. You don't have fish? I thought you had no. a fish tank at one point. I don't have fish Okay, tanks. well, your number five is fish. So the rest of them are all That's wild kingdom. That's the most kingdom. popular animal. Like people love fish. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people with fish. We had fish for a long time, but then you had to clean the tank. It was pain. It's and, and it's just smelly. It smells <laughs> yeah, like the ocean. That's and right. It's real, real. The damn fish uh, live too long. Um. um so dog, dog have it. So the other ones are wild kingdom. Yeah, animals. wild kingdom. Yep. I'm gonna go with a let's see a lion. Yep. Number nine. Tiger. Nope. Uh, elephant. Nope. You would think elephant would be on the list. You're probably not going to uh, guess the rest quickly. So, bears is not... Bears bear. is number six, and I think that's probably because of Yogi, right? Or, you know, it's just bears. Oh, yeah. Yogi yeah. is such a <laughs> spokesperson for bears. <laughs> so real. Um, <laughs> birds was number seven. Sharks was number eight, and that has to come from Shark Week. Right. Shark Week, baby. Yeah, that's right. Lions was number nine, and monkeys was number 10. Okay. They're there having a serious problem with the monkeys here in Ocala over at Silver Springs. They, the monkeys were left loose really, I don't know, what it was, 60, 70 years ago over there in the forest. Well, you know, monkeys multiply. 
And the monkeys have become a problem now because they're attacking people. Um, they're jumping on people's heads. It's just become a problem over there. The monkeys are getting aggressive. And I don't know if it's because they have less to eat or why they're getting aggressive, but we have a monkey issue in Ocala. Well, you know what happens when the monkeys take over. We've all seen that movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right, we're going to go next to Susan, who is with Fry's Insurance as part of our continuing series on insurance that we do once a month. And this month, we had a fascinating conversation. I learned a lot, and I have had my property and casualty license. I learned a lot about farm insurance, why you need it, and how it's different from your homeowner's insurance policy. So let's take a listen to that. And then we're coming back with uh, some equestrian first world problems. Welcome to Horse Insurance 101 by Fry's Equine Insurance at friesequineinsurance.com. Well, Glenn, back with you, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of Horses in the Morning. As I said in the past, one of our most requested segments we have gotten from listeners is about insurance for your horse and your farm. Susan Strauser is here from Fry's Insurance and has agreed to help us with this five-part series that we're putting out one a month. And she's helping us understand what we're buying and what we need. And if you missed the last two months, we discussed horse mortality and health insurance and liability insurance. And you can find those at horseradionetwork.com slash insurance. Today in part three, we're talking about farm owner's insurance. So, Susan, what's a farm owner's policy, and how does it differ from a horse, a homeowner's policy? Well, Glenn, that's a good question. A lot of people don't understand that there is a difference between these policies. So, we all understand a homeowner's policy. It's going to protect our home if there's storm damage or wind damage. We also understand that there's some liability coverage. Somebody comes in the house, uh, you know, trips over a rug and gets hurt. Um, those are all covered in your standard homeowner's policies. How a farm owner's policy is different is it expands that coverage a little bit. So in our case, because all we do are equine farms, it's going to provide you that same basic coverage on your house and your personal liability, but it's also going to extend out to cover your barns, uh, your farm equipment, and it's also going to um, have the opportunity to include your equine liability in there as well. So what is a farm owner's policy and how does it differ from a homeowner's policy? That's a very good question. Uh, most of us understand a homeowner's policy. It's going to cover our home in case of storm damage or other type of covered damages, but it'll also cover our personal liability. A farm owner's policy does the same thing, except it extends that coverage out to our barns. Uh, to our farm equipment, and it can also bring in our equine liability coverage, which a lot of times is lacking on a homeowner's policy. So if you um, own your own property and you need to cover your barns, a lot of times on a homeowner's policy, you are not getting a good replacement cost value on your barns. And that is something important that we look at to make sure that you have the right coverage, as well as picking up the liability you need on your horses. So you brought up replacement costs. How is that determined anyway? Okay. So replacement cost is the, the amount that it would cost to replace your barn or your building or your house. At today's as rates stands. as opposed to when I built it? or Exactly. It, okay. Exactly. We're looking to make you whole again if there's some kind of a damage to so it. So if I built it 20 years ago, and obviously things it was 25% the cost of building one now, uh, we're looking at today's replacement costs. 
Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I Yes. So what we do as an agency is we take some information about your barns. We're looking at when it was built, um, what it is built with, uh, what kind of siding, what kind of roof, how many stalls are in it. So basically, we want to put all the pieces together to what it would cost to rebuild your barn. So we have a program that is provided by our insurance companies that we plug in this information and then it spits out a worksheet for us that gives us the replacement cost value. Now, we like to send that to our insureds because it's important that you are part of the process in determining what that replacement cost is because there are so many factors. Is there electric in the building? Is there water running in the buildings? How fancy are the stalls? Those are all things that can bring up a value on your barn. And it's important to make sure that you're insured properly because the time to find that out is not at a claim because that's when everyone um, is stressed out. We want to make sure that you've got a good value up front. Plus, having your barn insured properly um, could affect if there's a partial claim. So, for example, if you have a $200,000 barn and you've only insured it at $100,000 and then down the road there's a windstorm that takes off part of your roof and it's a $10,000 fix, because you're only insured at, at 50% of the value, you're probably only going to get paid around 50% of that claim. So it's very important to make sure that that barns and buildings and your house are insured at replacement cost. Well, so that you brought up earlier, what about equipment, tractors, and, and how about tax? Some people own a, you know, a lot of tax. Exactly. And a lot of homeowners policies, again, do not cover these things as part of your your policy. I'm shopping for uh, a tractor right now, Susan. They ain't cheap. No, no, not <laughs> at all. They used to be and, cheap. And a lot They're of not cheap anymore. Cheap either. <laughs> no. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So definitely we can schedule your farm equipment and your tax. So tax is not considered household property. So we, we know that a part of our homeowners and farm owners policies we have so much coverage for clothing and furniture and decorations and things like that in the house. But tack is not considered household property. So you would have to list that separately. Um, same with your equipment and tractors. Uh, these items are typically insured um, as an, on an actual cash value. So they are going to look at depreciation if there is a claim. Uh, but you want to list that out to make sure that you are covered in case of a loss that you don't have to put out all that out-of-pocket expense to replace what you need. Okay, so let's say I'm more than a homeowner, uh, I, you know, with a few horses, and I actually run a training or boarding facility. Then it is a policy change. The farm policy. A good policy? question. Yeah. Yep. If you if you have a typical homeowner's policy, and you run a, a boarding business or other type of equine business on your property, usually your homeowner's policy will exclude coverage or not put any coverage on the barns, even if they're listed on the policy. So that's something that everyone needs to really look at. You need to understand what your policy covers and what it doesn't cover. So that's what the farm owner's policy will do for you. We're going to list out those barns. We're going to make sure you have the right coverage. And we are not going to exclude them just because you're doing a business because that's what our policies are for. So then we're going to add on that liability coverage that you need 
for your boarding business, if you're giving lessons, if you're doing training, that'll all be made a part of your policy. So if you're, what happens if I'm leasing my property? Same thing? Or does the leasee, I was curious about that. Okay. So if you own the property yeah. and you lease it to somebody else. Yeah, who brings in their horses um, you, or training business or whatever. Yeah. So you as the owner would um, insure, typically will insure the barns and the house. And then the person leasing the property could take out one of two different types of policies. They could either take out an equine liability policy to cover the business that they're running, or if they're living there, they could take out a farm policy, which would act like a renter's policy that most people are yep. familiar with, um, that is going to pick up your household contents, your personal liability, and then also bring in that equine liability. But if you're living there, you own the property, you're living there, but you're leasing the barn out to someone else to run um, their business, then you need to make sure that they have a liability policy and that they name you on that policy so that you have protection if they cause a liability incident. Many homeowners or property owners um, don't require that additional step, but it's very important because your policy will not cover the activities of an independent who's leasing your property. Also, a lot of homeowners policies, again, will exclude coverage on the barns because you're leasing it to someone else. So that's another reason it's important to have the type of policy that's specific to the needs that you have. And and uh, they're going to sue both of you. The people that are, you know, somebody gets hurt or whatever the situation is, they're going to sue the person that's leasing from you and you. You're both getting sued. Um, exactly. So, and I've seen this go wrong so many times where people are, le- are leasing it to somebody and they don't have, make sure that the leasee has that insurance and them named on it. you got to do that. I wouldn't, exactly. You don't do this unless that happens. Exactly. And in fact, it should be written in your lease agreement that they maintain the policy, that they um, add you as an additional insured. We've even had clients go as far as requiring that they go, say, through my agency. If I'm writing the farm, they want them to carry it um, through us so that we can keep an eye on make sure that policy stays in place. It's very important that you trust the person you're leasing to and that you have the proper documentation in place in the in the um, unfortunate event that something would go wrong. And you know, Glenn, another question that we've gotten is, what if I have an unowned horse on my property that belongs to a friend? Um, and they don't pay board. Again, you should check your homeowner's policy because a lot of times that the fact that it's an unowned horse triggers um, the exclusion on the barn that that horse is housed in. So it's so important not only to understand the policies that you carry on your property, on your auto, on anything that you have insurance on, but that you um, have the right type of coverage. So you need to talk to your agent or more importantly, talk to someone like me who specializes in this. This is all we write is equine liability, equine farm, or policies for the horses. So remind everyone what states you service? 
Okay. So we can write in about 17 states and we're mostly, we're based in Ohio. We can write mostly in the Midwest and down the East Coast. We also do some out West. We can write in California and Washington as well. Um, and you can find that list on our website. It's on the bottom of each page of our website to show the states that we can write in. That's friesequineinsurance.com. And you represent a bunch of, you're independent. So there's a bunch of different companies. Yes, we do. The majority of our horse mortality policies go with Great American and the Hartford. And our farm policies, we have several major companies, most notably is Chubb Agribusiness and Travelers. But our companies are solid. They do a good job with claims adjusting. And we have a good rapport with the underwriters that we work with. And how do they get a farm owner's quote? A farm owner's quote, you got to do a little bit of work for that. You need to fill out. We've we've shortened down the applications. Most companies, a farm application can be up to 10, 12 pages long. We've shortened it down to a two-page, what we call our short-form questionnaire. It's going to ask some basic questions about the house, the buildings, um, any farm property, tack that you may want to cover. And then it asks also about the equine liability. Do you own horses? What are you doing as a business? How many shows or clinics do you estimate you're doing? But with this basic information, we can then submit that to our different companies for review and then get you some good quotes. Cosequin ASU joint and hoof pellets contain quality ingredients to support joint and hoof health and leave out the fillers, molasses, and alfalfa, all while delivering the taste horses love. The colors of their ingredients shine through for a difference you can see. Visit CosequinEquine.com. And the PhD equine nutritionists at Purina Animal Nutrition tackle problems using science. And their love of horses keeps them at it until they get it right. Even with the most established feeds, they keep innovating. Even when it takes years of research, they don't stop until it's right. They are dedicated to the scientific method, but it can't capture the feeling of seeing a horse reach their full potential. It takes science and love to help your horses live their best life. Put the research to the test at horseinnovation.com. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. It's always good because they're equestrian first world problems. Because if you have an equestrian problem, it is first world. That's just the way that things work. And uh, these are all submitted by our auditors on Sunday night, Monday morning. Sometimes I put up a post. Hey, what's your equestrian first world problem? And these are actual real sad tales that are being told by people that listen to this podcast. And uh, so, Glenn, if people want to participate and become an auditor, how do they do that? Just go to horses in the morning.com click on the auditor banner and there's for a little as three dollars a month you too can join the fun that's right well we're going to start with kaylee because she says all i have ever wanted was my daughter to share my passion for horses dude same same <laughs> same thing here i just have a son who doesn't uh but maybe i should be grateful because she says well now she does and i'm even more poor than i was before <laughs> why do and women at, not think of that <laughs> and we're at the barn almost every night riding four to five times a week and i'm so tired <laughs> why do women not think of that they wish that and then all of a sudden they're not riding and their kid is well, it sounds to me like she bought her daughter her own horse, and that's why they're super <laughs> poor. 
Um, Kim says, I bought a new winter blanket with a 10-year replacement guarantee for my super destructive horse who is getting furrier by the day. But it's still in the mid-70s here, and I feel ridiculous even trying to try it on. <laughs> it's too hot to try it on. Dude, I have the same problem. I bought a couple for a pharaoh because, of course, he's a different size than everybody else. And, uh, yeah, I I haven't tried them on yet either. They're still in the package because it was like 80 this weekend. Um, Let's see. Obi says, uh, I was only able to see my horse for a little while and I missed a great clinic at my barn on Saturday because I had to drive out to Las Vegas to pick up our new airplane motor. What? (laughs) Uh, My husband's behind me. He just goes, oh, Your poor husband's been wanting an airplane. I, you know, oh, I saw one for that sale. Never happened. I, you didn't hear that. I saw a kit plane for sale the other day. Almost texted it to him, but then I was afraid you'd quit, so I didn't. Yeah, don't mm. text my husband planes for sale in your area. We don't need help. <laughs> uh, Hannah says there's a lady nearby selling a saddle that I want, but she won't answer the Facebook messages, and I have to have it. <laughs> I tried to buy a horse last week, which means week, it's probably yeah, a fake anyway. So don't it's worry about not it. real. Yeah, yeah, it's a scam. Rhonda says, when I get home, (laughs) I got to do this in Rhonda whiny voice here. When I get home from my 15 night cruise next week, it's going to be like so cold and it's going to feel even colder. 15 night cruise. So I go all the way to Canada with Reese. Rhonda's our number one fan from day one of the podcast network. She's a dressage rider, loves Reese and Phil. So we go up there for the service, and where's Rhonda? Off on a cruise. She uh-huh. lives right Poor near thing. there. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Mm. Uh, Anna she should have stayed I, home. She knew we were coming. I mean, seriously. Mm. And uh, Anna says, I'm getting a new horse today. Yay! But I have to set up his quarantine pen, and it's so much work. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, oh, Jamie, I feel you so much with this one. I'm so sorry that you're dealing with these stresses in your life. She says, so I changed my horse's color to burgundy, but like now his boots and pad and ear net and cooler and blankets and halters and lead ropes are all slightly <laughs> different shades. And it's like nobody else says they can tell, but I can. And it's just not acceptable. I can't handle this. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot get the same color. Burgundy comes in about 50 different shades. Burgundy's mm-hmm. a tough one. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, I want green. Well, what kind of green would you like? Yeah, there's also Hunter green. Would shades. you like emerald green? Would you like 50 shades of green? Blue. But, you know, navy blue is pretty universal. So navy blue is going to be navy blue. But. You would think. You would think navy blue, but I Even don't know. white has different shades. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Gwen says, my horse Banjo is itchy, and so we're working on figuring out an allergy treatment for him. But in the meantime, it's like so frustrating because it's hard to get him to wear his bonnets because his face and ears are so itchy. But I have so many cute bonnets. (laughs) (laughs) Carrie, Carrie says, our barn Halloween party was so fun. And my horse was handling the atmosphere and the costumes so well. Until the blue painted mini donkey entered the arena. <laughs> I wish I had that on video. Oh, <laughs> uh, what was the blue? Was it Eeyore? I mean, obviously, it had to be Eeyore. Yeah, I yeah, think. duh, it had yeah. to be Eeyore. I want to see a picture of all of that. Uh, Courtney says we bought a farm, and I haven't ridden in two months while I'm in the process of buying said farm, and I need to buy hay, and I don't own a truck, and it's almost winter, and I make very poor life choices. 
Yeah, there's a lot of things we're learning that you forget about when you buy a new uh-huh. place. Hmm. Yep. Melanie says, I wanted to ride today, but my legs are so sore from walking around the Maryland Five Star on Saturday. <laughs> it is a big place. <laughs> <sighs> Melissa says the weather finally turned in Miami and it finally stopped pouring rain every day and the humidity has completely dried up. But now I have to spend like half an hour watering the arena before I ride. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Robin posts about her daughter and her. She says, Corinne and I went to the local Dover tent sale. Need I say more? (laughs) (laughs) All right, last one from Jessica. (laughs) I got an awesome new tumbler cup, which is like perfect for water during riding lessons. However, when I put ice in it, it gets too cold to drink. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there's any liquid too cold to drink. I like my really ice cold. (laughs) It might hurt her teeth. I don't know how she's able to consume. Get back to the hose, (laughs) even though you spent all that money on that fancy cup. Anyway. I was drinking warm water over the weekend, and I don't know how people do that. I just have to have ice. Why were you drinking warm water? Because we didn't have ice. We're... Oh, <laughs> you know, they make these things called coolers. Yeah, they did, but then I forgot to put the water in. And it's like, you know, oh, you know, the, you know what? My question for a problem. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I had to drink warm water all reading because I was like in my living quarter trailer <laughs> sitting on my new five acres and I had to drink warm water. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look, when I ask for submissions, Glenn, you need to pony up and get involved. <laughs> I just did. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Tomorrow is the Chi Institute here with uh, all the Eastern medicine stuff. Uh, you'll enjoy that episode. And then we have a new Horse Husbands episode coming out later in the week. Jamie and I will be here. Also, Jamie, uh, you weren't here for the first one, but we have our monthly trivia going on on Friday. So uh, we're, uh, we're doing that once a month now with our auditors. So trivia will be on Friday. Thank you, nice. everybody, for joining us. Auditors, hang on. For the post show. Bay neuter geld. Mm-hmm.